Hey guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow and Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Grow and Go podcast with your host, as always, the man, Tan, the man, me. Uh, hey, guys, welcome back to another episode. Um, guys, this episode is going to be pretty heavy. <laughs> I just want to kind of give a little little warning, a little forewarning um, about what this is going to be about. I feel like this is a really relevant topic. I feel like this is something that a lot of people are talking about right now. I feel like this is something that needs to be addressed and it's kind of been put on the back burner. And I think if we want to look like love, if if our goal is to love, love the world, love as God loved us, then I think this needs to be something that we need to talk about. Um, so we'll get into that in a second, but of course, glad you're here. Glad you're tuning in. Um, want to give an embarrassing story of the week as always. And Here it goes. Okay, guys. So this happened, gosh, three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three years ago, I was on vacation in Florida with my family. And so we were down there just visiting. I think there was a wedding that we were going to. And, you know, we had, we were there for a whole week. And so we had a lot of time to just kind of, you know, go do our own thing on top of like getting ready for the wedding. And so the first night we got there, it was uh, me, my brother, and my sister. And we get down there uh, in Florida and my sister, who's been there before, was like, hey, why don't we go to this uh, like little cute strip in town? And so me and, my, me and my brother are like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And so we packed up some stuff and we made a little trip at night to go on the strip. And man, it was beautiful. Like all these different streets are, you know, now being in, you know, modern COVID right now, just like being stuck in the middle of all this stuff. And, you know, like when was the last time I walked through a mall and felt safe? Uh, you know, so like, you know, it's, it was, it was awesome just to see everybody so comfortable, all the lights in the town, you know, so lively and stuff like something you don't really see anymore, uh, which is kind of sad. Uh, and maybe hopefully it'll come back better. But so I remember it was just beautiful. Like I love the city life. Like it was just so cool to see everybody. And we're walking down the strip, just looking at, looking at all this stuff, like, you know, and then I noticed, I'm like, Hey guys, there's an ice cream place on the side. And so we all look and my sister had been there and she's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's go in and get some. So we went in there, smells amazing in there. Any ice cream shop that smells amazing, you can trust. So we went in there. I don't remember what they got. Probably my brother probably got like Oreo, my sister probably freaking skim free, dairy free, vanilla, whatever. Uh, she's a health nut, but, uh, and, but me, I remember getting butter pecan, uh, not my favorite, but at the time I was really into it for whatever reason. And so I remember getting this and it was a pretty decent sized cone. Like, like it wasn't just like a dairy queen thing, but it was like a big ball of ice cream on top of this, uh, waffle cone. And man, it looked so good, like so good. And so we're, uh, we're walking out of the store and, 
you know, we, we go back on the strip and my brother, my sister are in front of me because, uh, I just kind of just like tagging along, just kind of like being behind to seeing what, what's in front of us. And, uh, at one point I was going in for a lick of my ice cream and I licked and it fell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I caught it with one hand, but it dripped all on my shirt. And so, of course, my brother and my sister are in front of me. They don't even see me. Uh, they didn't know this happened. So <laughs> I, like, stop, and they're continuing walking. And I was, like, from the back, I'm like, hey, guys. And they, like, turn around, and they just see me, like, freaking 21-year-old Tanner just having ice cream, just dripping ice cream in one hand. And a cone that's also dripping ice cream in my other hand. And with this look of sadness and this ice cream that was in my beard. And just this just this look of despair that just washed over me was it was awful. And so they just and their first instinct was just to laugh at me. Like they didn't even ask, do I need a napkin? Do I need help? Do you do you need me to lick me lick lick it up? No. They laughed at me. And so I was very embarrassed by that. And all the people around were looking and they're just kind of like, oh gosh, this stupid moron freaking <laughs> licked his ice cream too hard, fell on his freaking shirt. But yeah, it was very embarrassing. And I had to eat the ice cream on my hand like a freaking animal. But okay, I'm fine. But yeah, that's what happened. Very embarrassing. Uh, was not for that. So there you go. Okay. Hey guys, uh, I want to talk today about the topic of one-sided. Now, what do I mean? I kind of touched on this a little bit in the last episode and how we're in a, we're in a time, we're in a kind of phase where everybody is so this or that. Like if you chose this, then you're this way. And if you chose that, then you're that way. Um, and that's very one-sided. Like it's almost like we have people pressure us that we can't choose one side that is different from theirs. Like if we just, if like, for example, if we vote for a Republican, we are automatically supporting this person who acted this way, who did these things and who says this, you know, if we voted democratic, then we are voting for a person who acts like this is this certain way, says these certain things. And there's no middle ground. Like I've noticed that there are so many, like most of our, I and as a kid, I should say as a kid, I never really like realized that the biggest like arguments that adults have is around politics is around this idea of one-sided conversations. If you're this way, then you're that way. You're wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You're right, etc. And it's all these different things that we are forgetting the topic about unity, which is such a biblical topic. It's addressed so many times. And I kind of want to dig into that a little bit. I have a couple verses here um, that we're just going to share, talk about. But before we get into that, I kind of just want to talk about what the top or what the definition of unity is. And so I, uh, d- I reached out, <laughs> I reached out to my boy Google, and I looked up unity, and it is the state of being united or joined as a whole. Okay, so this got me thinking. This past weekend, I went to a buddy of mine, buddy of mine's wedding, and you know, of course, like the main topic of a wedding is taking two people together and making them one. It's a very, it's a beautiful thing. And my buddy's wedding, um, you know, him who he's this big driven music guy. And my other friend 
who is this soft, sweet photographer person. Like these two, they're very different people. One is male, one is female. Very different people, different backgrounds, um, different past. All these things, they have different opinions about different things uh, coming together as one. And that's what wedding, what a wedding is. It's two different people with different backgrounds uniting as one. And I've learned that the key of making that unity happen is loving through differences. Now, I am not married. Uh, I am I am very much single. I am. I have no experience in any sort of wedding, marriage, etc. But it's the topic of loving through differences that makes me think about this topic that we're on right now about being one-sided and how do we look like love and like the opinion of the world and how they see us when we act so one-sided. You know, I'm not pointing a finger at anyone by any means, but I've seen different Christians just be so, so diligent on making their opinion and their side known that it becomes, it comes off as belittling, degrading, and it just becomes this big mess that says like, if you don't agree with what I agree with, then you aren't worthy to be loved by me. And that is so far from the truth. And so there's a few things I want to talk about, man, this, like I said, I feel like this is going to be really heavy. And if you get offended, maybe that's for a good thing. Um, But I want to not just call out people, call out where we suck and what we could be doing better. But this is an encouragement too that to know that like if we are acting this way, that we're not far from going back to what God says is beautiful, which is unity. And if we're reminded by that definition, it's the state of being united or joined as a whole. And that doesn't mean that we have to, you know, we have to bring our differences or leave them outside on the on the front step. Like we can bring those in too, but we can still have a same purpose. And I think the purpose is to love the world, to love each other and to love the truth about who God is and what he's revealed to us through his word. Um, so I kind of want to start off with key verse that I feel like is very, very important in this, uh, which is Colossians 3 verse 14, where it says, and above all these, and above all these, Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, just that verse in and of itself, it calls us to put on love. And see, there's something that I've been feeling lately is that just because I have the label of Christian, that doesn't mean I always act Christian. And just because there, and I, this is such a simple thing, I feel like I shouldn't have to talk about it, but it's how often do we just have Christian in, in like our you know, social media bio. Uh, and then people look at us and they say, oh, he's Christian. Therefore, everything he does is from that limelight. But unfortunately, <laughs> uh, if this verse is correct, and it is, it says we need to put on love. That doesn't mean that everything we do is loving. You know, if I'm in an argument with someone about their opinion, or if it's if I think it's wrong, and if I think mine is right, um, or if I think theirs is wrong, mine is right. Um, and I just instead of just trying to understand um, or trying to, you know, just let bygones be bygones and try to accept the fact that, hey, you think of this differently than I do. Instead, in those moments, I feel this like fluster to like voice my opinion and to say, no, yours is wrong because this is what it says in this. Almost as if we're using the Bible as 
this like rock hard, solid rock hard evidence that the way that they are thinking is wrong when in all reality they could be doing the same thing back towards me and saying no this is what this verse says therefore you are wrong and it's just this big like biblical argument that doesn't need to happen and so it's in those moments where if we're arguing with someone then we really aren't i mean we can argue in a healthy way but a lot of the times in these conversations about politics, about what the laws should be, about different, you know, different things that go on in this world that will not matter when we die, but will matter here while we're here because our goal is to glorify him. But it's all these little things that keep piling on top of each other that makes us forget that the greatest commandment was to love. And it wasn't to shove truth down each other's throats. And it wasn't trying to convince people that our way was better than theirs, but it was to love to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, to love God with all our heart, with all our mind and all our soul. Like that is the goal. And it says we need to put on love, which I love the second half of this verse. And it's right after the comma love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is what binds everything together in perfect harmony. It isn't sharing our opinion and it isn't trying to get people on our side. It's love. And sometimes love requires us to accept acceptance, essentially, and that we can't just force people to agree with us and then we can learn to love them. You know, how, what, what kind of world would that be if everybody agreed with me? Like, what kind of friends would I have if they all just agreed with everything I said? I don't think that would be friends at all. I think they would be followers. And if we really want, not even just to make friends, but if we want to love people, and, you know, we don't have to be friends with every person that we love, but if we want to love people as God loved us, then we need to learn to accept the fact that, hey, they may, in my opinion, or maybe what the Bible says that they have it wrong, but I got to learn to just love them anyway. And to point them towards the truth, if it's um, to point them towards the truth in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're an idiot, but to, sh- but to show them, no, this is actually what the Bible says. But, you know, like, if you don't believe it, like, this is such a complicated topic because I feel like, in a sense, my truth and an unbeliever's truth are two different truths. Okay, they look at the world as a different way than I do now as a believer who has new eyes. But in a sense, I don't want to just force people in a corner or to make them feel like their opinion is wrong because... In my, in my truth, I believe that the word of God is truth and that everything that stems out of the Bible is truth. And so I, I understand why us as believers feel this need to push our truth down their, th- down their thro- <coughs> throat, essentially, <laughs> throat as I was like clearing my throat. But I feel like I understand why there's a need for us to feel like we have to push the truth down their throat. But in all reality, it's not even trying to convince them. I don't ever want someone to say Tanner loves me because I'm a Christian. I want people to say Tanner loves me because he loves me. You know, I don't want like, and I think of my own testimony too, of like how far off I can be on certain things. And to be honest with you, like I'm, I'm 100% okay with being wrong about this whole topic, but I feel like this is something that God has kind of just revealed to me recently about all of this. And I could be wrong and that's okay. And I feel like that's a, 
a risk that we need to take is to learn, Hey, I'm wrong about some things and we can all, and there's something too that like, we can like do the right thing the wrong way sometimes. And you know, if like we want to point people towards the truth, but in a way, if we're doing it in a way that is demanding and makes them feel like there's expect <laughs> expectation, then I feel like we're doing it the wrong way. I feel like there is a specific way and we'll get more into that with these verses, but the way to show people the truth isn't by arguing with them about our truth, but pointing them to it through love and through patience and through kindness. So there's another verse too. Um, and it is this one. It says second, it's from second Corinthians 13 verse 11, where it says, finally, brothers rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. So, we can dig this verse a little bit, but there's one key thing that I kind of just want to just touch on and where it says, agree with one another, live in peace and the God of love and peace will, will be with you. And so I feel like in today's age, it is so difficult to agree with one another. Okay. I can think of like many conversations that I've had in the past couple months where I've just been like, ah, I don't really agree with that. And like, think of like different churches and like what their theology is and like, or just what they do in a sense and kind of just be like, ah, I don't really agree with that. But I think if we have to re- agree on something, it's the fundamental truth of our beliefs. And that's that Jesus came and died and rose again and fulfilled what we could not do on our own and saved us because of that. And so I feel like if we need to agree with one another, it's agreeing with one another through the reminding of the gospel. And, you know, we don't have to, you know, in this world where we're so one-sided and unity seems so far away, I think we can agree about the fact that the gospel needs to be the center of attention. And that is, that is the foundation of our faith is the gospel. And with that, if we can agree that, you know, maybe if there's grace for us when we had it so wrong and God saved us anyway, then maybe there's grace for them too. And maybe you know, we're called, there's a verse in first, I think it's first or third John. I can't remember right now, but it's, uh, we love because he first loved us. And that is essentially what the gospel is to us is because we realize that he loved us. Therefore we get to spread the gospel by showing that because God loved me at my worst, he can love them at their worst and we can love each other at our worst. And so there's a quote from Michael Arlen where it says differences need not divide us. In fact, those who unite while having opposing views have found a stronger bond than mere opinion. So in a sense, it's like the things we can learn to agree with one another on one topic. And that is the gospel. And that is that Jesus came, died and saved us from all hell and gave us a place and a home and the Holy Spirit. And there's, you know, we can unpack that later, but it's agreeing that the gospel is what sets us free. And the gospel is what connects us all together. And we don't have to, you know, like we don't have to have, there isn't a right denomination. Okay. And if there was, then which one is it? You know, I, there's a, the Mormon church, they believe that their, that their denomination, I'm using air quotes loosely, but that their denomination is the right one because of a testimony given by a 20 something year old kid. And it's like, 
we can look at that and they can look at that and be like, ours is right. But we can look at ours and be like, uh, no, ours is right. And then, you know, a Baptist could say, hey, no, ours is right. You know, there's so many different things that we could unpack and we can be one-sided about. But I think God isn't interested in us trying to make lines about who's right and who's wrong, but to unite us and to agree on the important things, to agree that Jesus was a real person, to agree that Jesus was God in flesh. That is the goal. Is It isn't to try to conform us to different opinions and to try to get us to get on each other's sides. I feel like that is it's such a selfish ambition to say, I need you to be on my side. Therefore, I can love you. Otherwise, if you don't, then I don't love you. And I think about what Romans 12, 16 says, where it says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. And I love that because the first verse or uh, the first part of that verse and the last part of the verse, I feel like they connect in a way where it says, live in harmony with one another. And then the one says, never be wise in your own sight. And I feel like that's a lot of where our one-sidedness comes from because we're so focused on having our wisdom be in our own sight and our own opinion and our own view on things that we're forgetting that an important command is to live in harmony with one another. It isn't to try to, you know, separate and divide and to be, and to, you know, get people to be, sorry, to get people to see our opinion as wise and to have them on our side. It's, it's like, there's no point in having sides if our goal is, as it says in Romans 15 verse six, uh, that together, together you may with one voice glorify God glorified the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so like our goal is not to just get people on our side and to voice our own opinion, but it is to glorify God. It is to glorify God with, what is it? Harmony and peace and unity. All these things that I feel like we're missing because we're just so focused on, you need to be on my side. You need to be on my side. You need to view these things the way I do. And if you don't, then guess what? You are, you're arrogant, you're ignorant, and you don't understand me. You know, I feel like there's a big difference going on right now in regards to, you know, we have, there's so many different, there's there's so many different things, honestly. Like, are you pro-mask? Are you not pro-mask? Do you believe COVID is real? Do you not believe COVID is real? Do you believe Black Lives Matter? Do you not believe Black Lives Matter? Are you voting Democrat or are you voting Republican? Are you voting for a misogynist or are you voting for a racist? There's so many things that this world is trying to pull us apart and it's trying to pull us from each corner and trying to make us think that we're on different teams. But if we're in Christ, we're on the same team. And our goal is not to separate who is the elite (laughs) who has it all together, who has the right theology. Because I believe that love, the right theology is loving people. I believe that our goal, and, and this isn't me trying to force my opinion down. I just see what Jesus has done, and I think that's a really good theology. It's just loving people. And I think if we really want to live in unity, like, it said, like I said in the beginning about the wedding, it's the loving through differences. And those differences... They, those differences are 
they don't have to be the separating force between us. You know, if, if Jesus came and died and so loved the world, so loved all of us that he gave his only son, it wasn't, he didn't just, you know, love the Baptist. He didn't just die for the non-denominationals. He didn't just die for the, the white people. He didn't just die for the black people. He died for all of us. And if we're in Christ and we're on the same team, regardless, that that's the end of the story. And it's our job to rebuke and to correct. But there's a time and a place for that. And I think these little conversations that we're having about one-sided opinions is not what we need to be doing. I don't think Jesus would have voted Republican nor Democrat. I don't think he cares. (laughs) I think he cares about if we're loving each other despite those differences. And so I want to finish with one more verse, and it's actually a couple of verses after the last one I just said, but it's uh, Romans 12, 18, and it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. As far as it depends on us, like it, it's our goal. Like it's a command to live in harmony with one another, but it depends on us to live peaceably with all. And that's people we don't agree with. That's people that we do agree with. That's people that are different from us. And there's people who are not so different from us, but it depends on us. It isn't just something that we claim as a Christian. It's something that we need to work and exercise towards to live peaceably with all, you know, I don't think in my, in my own opinion, I feel like loving people isn't as hard as we make it out to be. I think we just make our own lines and put our own boundaries up in hopes that it would make it easier. But I don't think it is. I think if we're just called to love people despite their differences, it's learning to accept the fact that not everybody's going to see the world. I'm going to see it. But if we have my pastor, he takes his Bible up sometimes uh, while he's preaching and he like holds it up to his eyes and he like holds it up and says like, this is the vision. This is what our, our sight should be to walk by faith and not by sight. And our sight is, on our faith. It's on what the truth of the Bible is. So it's like we hold up our Bible around our eyes and saying like, no, this is how I see the world through his lens, not through my opinion, not through your opinion, but through what his truth has revealed to us is that we're called to love one another and to live in harmony with one another and to never be wise in our own sight and to live peaceably with all, to aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and to put on love. So a few takeaways. We are called to live in unity. We are not called to divide nor segregate. And we are called to glorify the Father and to put on love despite our differences. I want to finish with this one quote from Helen Keller where it says, Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. All right. Challenge of the week is to not comment on somebody's post that you really want to post or to not comment on somebody's post that you really want to comment. You know, last episode is called comment police, but I feel like this could be even, this could even be like a part two because I feel like we're so driven by our opinions that we forget how to love one another in a kind and peaceful way. And we let our own arguments and our own anger about their opinions get in the way. And so I would encourage 
us, instead of trying to correct someone's opinion this week, no matter how, no matter how wrong it is to love them instead, and instead of saying, commenting or saying something like, wow, that's just disgusting. Like, wow, that is just wrong. Like you are wrong in that way. Just to like reach out and say, Hey, you're loved. You know, I love you. I don't know. Like not in a weird way, not in a creepy way, but like to say like, no, I'm going to look like love to you because there's a lot of people screaming hate at people sometimes, but I think this world needs more love than more correction. You know, we're in a fallen world. It's, it's bound to be broken. It's bound to not be, you know, healed and restored. Only God can do that. And because God has equipped us in a certain way that we have the truth and we can look through the world with our Bibles up to our eyes, that we don't have to, we don't have to just let the world be as it is, but to focus on glorifying God with it. You know, we don't have to corner people into our opinions or to make them feel like they're less than because they don't agree with us. But instead we can call, we, we are called to live in unity and we're called to not divide nor segregate and we're called to glorify God and to put on love. All right. That is all I have for today. I feel like this is, don't look at this as like me pointing someone, something out to you guys, but this is something as an encouragement. Hey, we're called to live in harmony and we can like, how much fun it would be, not even fun, but like how much rewarding it'll be for us to be solely dependent on looking like love this week. So that's my encouragement for you guys. Um, as always, don't forget to grow and go. We'll see you guys later.